I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Congratulations to the Navy midshipmen. Winners of the Commander-in-Chief's Trophy, the great Air Force Falcons. Back to the Against All Enemies podcast, uh, Navy Air Force Week style. We'll talk Army too, but um, well, we tried to prohibit Scott from getting on this discussion today, but he found a way onto the Skype call. It took him took him a little bit, but we're ready to go. Um, we had a big week this past week in Service Academy football. We got a lot to talk about, um, and then certainly a lot to preview with the first round of the Commander in Chief's Trophy up for grabs this weekend in Annapolis. So, how's everybody feeling? Good. good. Really good. All right. Okay. Not okay. <laughs> okay. Feeling all right. Doing all right. Okay. So we're just going to jump right in because, uh, like I said, there's a lot to talk about when we're talking CIC trophy. Um, well, Kayla already brought up the, the wild man that's circulating on Twitter. So um, that was cool. I have to check that out. But um, that's always fun to. Uh, to remember those those days and those memories and uh, beat air forces and beat armies and all that kind of stuff. So it's that it's that time of year uh, where the plebes are pulling pranks and getting to let loose a little bit. Um, but first, uh, Navy and Memphis tangled on Thursday, and so Austin, um, I want to get your takeaway. And then as we're doing this, Scott, I want you to be thinking because if you'll see on the schedule that I put out for this week, um, I have Austin down for a second article. Um, and I'll help him if, if he doesn't have time and we need to collaborate on it. But some good points that were made about just how eerily similar the loss to Memphis was for Navy on Thursday night as the Boise State loss was for Air Force two weeks ago. <laughs> I don't know about um, all that. So I mean, come on. Let's just well, let's just hold on, hold on. So Austin, thoughts on uh, thoughts on Thursday night Memphis game? I almost want to go right into. I mean, hearing Scott's reaction, I almost want to go right into that and ask. Come on. Why, why we think that? I mean, I'm very curious as to why you would think that would be a stretch to make those two comparisons. Uh, just just the quality of, of Memphis, and it's it kind of goes back to to what we said about um, ECU, and really just the difference between, from my perspective as an Air Force fan, not understanding exactly what's going on with some of these AAC teams. Who has Memphis even played this year? It was South Alabama, Southern, and then they beat Ole Miss 15-10 and then came out and beat Navy. I mean, if you guys are a little closer to the microscope, I understand why you think that they're the real deal. They're undefeated. But to me, it's it's not quite in like a Boise State team who has a clear answer. Okay, That's okay. Okay, well, let's pause there. Let's pause there because before the Boise State, <laughs> before the Boise State Air Force game, we had this exact same conversation, right, where we said – 
well, what's Boise State really done? They beat a Florida. They came back to beat a Florida State team um, after being down by like 18 points in the second half. Um, that's proven to not be a very good football team. That almost lost to Louisiana Monroe, and then they barely escaped beating, uh, you know, Marshall, uh, and then you know had their kind of cupcake and then took on Air Force. So hey, and on uh, hold on, on that. So uh, they beat Marshall fourteen to seven, and I thought, dang, Marshall must be like a pretty solid team. I actually had them on my underdog dynasty top ten for a couple weeks. They just got smoked by Cincinnati, fifty-two to fourteen. So if you want to talk about the yep. AAC putting like a feather in the cap over who's supposed to be the best team in the Mountain West, the fourth or fifth best team in the AAC is Cincinnati right now. And they just crushed. I mean, I know distributed so, property, transit property, whatever. None of that's going to work. But uh, go ahead. the the point wasn't to have an AAC versus the Mountain West debate. It was just more to say. Um, that we were talking about those exact same things at Boise State, and I still feel the same way. Like, even watching that Air, the Air Force game, like, I'm not sold that either Boise or Memphis, perhaps, is, is you know, necessarily the be- ends up being the best team to good five. I don't know, but I don't think I don't think this is the Boise team of that we've seen in the past, and I think we were having those exact same conversations. Like, well, who have they really, you know, beaten and, and proven, I guess. Um, and then, really, since then, for both teams, the, the main result is how they played against Air Force and how Memphis played against Navy. So that was special. Yeah, yeah I, I, I think that's really fair. I mean, and maybe if we just have two different eyeball tests, right? And that's why I said closer to the microscope for me, Mountain West. And and I've told you I've been adamant about not caring about conference conferenceology. Um, I couldn't care less if, if the Mountain West is better than the AAC or vice versa. Um, but I, I don't know. Just just to me, the way it's looked from the football that I've seen, uh, I think that Boise State is a better team. In that's and just to be completely honest, the only Memphis game that I watched uh, was against Navy, and it didn't seem like they had much pop going until the second half. And it seemed like Hank Bachmeyer and the rest of that team in Boise State is a solid team all, all year. Whatever. So whatever, it's it's kind of. But didn't Air Force do the same thing to them in the first half? Wasn't it pretty much like Air Force was the dominant team in the first half and the second half injury to DJ yeah. Hannah? So yeah. awesome. I'm going to let you explore some more of those similarities. Oh, yeah. So Justin and I were talking during the game. Yeah, first half, uh, Navy was in pretty good control, uh, putting defensive pressure on Memphis. Memphis was obviously not prepared for that. Second half, tail of two halves, they settled down, and they were able to kind of overpower in the game, which I think is what Boise did to Air Force. But, yeah, we talked about the injury to, I guess, you would say QB, you know, QB1 had an injury. Malcolm Perry played through it, um, for better or worse. We talked about comparison dj hammond yeah yeah i mean dj hammond got hurt right at the end of the first half similar to perry yeah comes back or isaiah sanders i guess um takes over and then you know comes back but not not kind of fully we, we took um, it as, fully we took another step in the, in the point half. differential and the scores were actually close which is right. almost too elementary to look at those things but also like the Neither team, neither Navy or Air Force, ended up covering the spread. And we both thought, like, yeah, almost, you know, guarantee it'll be a competitive game and cover, but kind of a backdoor uh, cover by the by the favorites, I guess. So. And I guess I guess the comparison wasn't to say like Boise State equals Memphis. Um, we're not trying to we're not trying to yeah we're not trying to say Boise State equals Memphis, but the way those games played out was like eerily similar um, to the points to the to Air Force and Navy kind of dominating the first half, but not like dominating to the eyeball, but not necessarily to the scoreboard fully, right? Um, to not get up as much as they should have been up, to then kind of just lose momentum, some injuries, also a weeknight game, but also playing the team that is supposed to be the division winner or conference winner um, for that conference and having that chance to show out on 
primetime stage and kind of just faltering a little bit in the end. So I don't know. It just kind of uh, we thought maybe that'd be worth an, an article leading into Air Force Navy game to just kind of recap those two and just kind of point out um, how kind of similar they were. So. Yeah, I guess I guess it really is just a conversation that I was not prepared for. Um, I know. And, and not and when you don't even consider it, I guess I haven't thought about it. It's it's a decent it's a decent point, but like I, said, I Malcolm Perry can't just step up there like Isaiah Sanders did with no rest and just throw throw a dime right away. I mean, it's just that's that's right. one of many different. He couldn't throw a dime because his arm was like barely hanging on or something. I'm not sure why he was still trying to throw. So yeah. Um, all right, Austin. So in all seriousness to the game, like, I mean, what were your main kind of takeaways, I guess, from, from watching, um, the table two ads, as you called it and, and Navy's, I guess, best effort at what will probably, you know, have a, a good chance of being the, the West division, um, representative for the AC. Uh, so first half defensive side was just awesome. Right. Seeing all that disruption that as a Navy fan, we've never seen that. <laughs> when was the last time we saw, a defensive performance, even for a couple drives or one quarter or whatever, uh, be so disruptive in the backfield. So that was that was really fun to watch. Uh, you could tell the offense was not firing all cylinders, even kind of with the 27 lead. Felt like it could have been more. Felt like things could have been cleaner. And so it kind of felt like it got away. If anything, thinking of the entire game, when you think of if you had to point out one thing that was really the difference, uh, obviously Memphis kind of turn things in the second half but one consistent thing through the entire game I think Navy lacked performance was in the special teams um, if you look at even the total yards which is just offense you know passing and, and rushing Navy had higher numbers than Memphis I think they had average running uh, average yards per carry higher and pass or yeah reception yards per carry or receptions yards higher than Memphis as well but the tail that doesn't see in the box score that you see is, is all related to special teams. So if you can clean up special teams, who knows what happens. Um, but uh, just really, really a lost opportunity to, again, compare it to, to the Boise State Air Force game, is to say that Air Force left that game and, and definitely didn't perform 100%, and they were a beatable Boise State team. I think the same thing can be said for Navy, right? Navy didn't have 100% for four quarters. Uh, was definitely a, a, a beatable Memphis team. And Memphis is favored to win the rest of, uh, by ESPN FPI metrics. They're favored to win out the rest of the year. Uh, they're probably, I don't want to say probably, they have a good chance of winning the West. I forget the schedule I pointed out the other day. I think they have Tulane at home. Um, I think they, I don't remember now, off the top of my head. But they have a favorable schedule that's going to allow them to have a pretty good chance of winning the West. So what I took out of it is, hey, Navy looks so much more improved than they did in 2018. However, they're not 100%. They're not fully clicking, which is expected. It's three games into the season. That's why I like this test, because I don't think Navy was necessarily going to beat Memphis in week seven, eight, or nine. So I liked the early test to see where we were. Uh, and some positive signs were taken away from it, for sure. Yeah, Memphis gets Tulane, SMU, and Cincinnati all at home. Um, so that's I mean that's pretty favorable scheduling, and then they go to a Houston team that is apparently just giving up on the season already. So <laughs> they had a good win this everybody. weekend. Yeah, I just meant because yeah. you know, yeah, agreed. They're just yeah. situation gonna sit out the season. Um, so, but but yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I, is obviously disappointing to watch Nelson Smith injury. Sorry, never brought that up. I think that played a factor. Yeah. No. Yep. No, I, I agree. I told you that as it happened. And I think the conversation between us texting was, I mean, and I agree with you. This wasn't to say you were wrong at all, but you were kind of just like, hey, whoever's picking up, they're picking up three or four yards to carry from the B-back position. That's all I really care about. And I agree, aside from the, you know, Nelson Smith definitely has the capability to break one. 
um, compared to, to Russo, or Ruas, sorry, Ruas. Um, but uh, it definitely, I think, I think it played a factor. Keone Cordell, Makakao, um, he got hurt too, and he was having kind of a breakout performance. And just so several injuries, um, Perry Olsen, nothing against the, the plebe coming in, but um, obviously that's just, that's a tough thing to do to come in and, and step in some when, when Malcolm Perry was going down. Um, defense just kind of over time, obviously, you weren't going to contain Memphis forever. And then, like you said, the, the kickoff or the kick return touchdown, um, just in general field position from special teams um, and, uh, and, and turnover. I mean, just not capitalizing on things, mistakes, some, some uh, false starts and stuff like yeah. that. I mean, it was, it just, Navy, it, it all Navy added had up more, to not being more able penalties to and penalty out. yards in Memphis too. Not, not a good rest, lost yeah. the turnover battle. So those are not recipes for success. Yeah. And we know that's like what has always been the the deal, right? Is is got to win the turnover battle. We're we're going to be the least penalized team in the country. I mean, it's the same recipe that Army has now tried to you know emulate in, in their success that Navy had for for years. And I think that was going to be the calling cards was we got to win the turnover battle and we got to um, we got to be the least penalized team, not just in the game, but in you know in the country, one of the least penalized teams, and and kind of going off that and. Um, but still, plenty of positives when Malcolm was in there and healthy. Um, it was just—it was evident to me. I mean, tell me if you guys thought differently. Like his passes in the second half did not look the same. Like I don't think his arm was yeah um, was fully uh, functioning. So, um, but he looked good at times. You know, in the first half throwing was running the offense good again. Um, still impressed with the defense. Bijan Nichols. I mean that. I mean that dude's got a leg. Um, he barely missed that one. Um, so that's that's a weapon for the next four years, but certainly you know the rest of this year, um, having a, a Navy kicker that's easily putting you know 49, 50 yarders um, with plenty to spare. Uh, I think there's a lot of positives um, to take away from the game. Say when I thought about Air Force after the Boise game to bring it back to that. So um, definitely what you know in the moment was disappointed. Uh, kind of felt even I did at least at the halftime 20 to 14 um, that I just not that. I felt like maybe it was going to come out and lay an egg in the second half, but just felt like it should have been a bigger lead at the half. And then, so that, that made me concerned just because I was like, well, <laughs> eventually Memphis is going to score some touchdowns. Agreed. So, yeah. Any other thoughts? Um, I mean, kind of the same thing. I think for Memphis, unlike Navy who had kind of just consistent like drives, they were just a team who had kind of some big explosive plays um, every couple drives. And then that second half, what was it, 98, 99, uh, kickoff return, touchdown. Like, after that and that momentum, it, it kind of turned the entire game around. Um, on their part, I think, um, kind of how I said before, they had a really great group of really fast wide receivers. Um, they were kind of on their special teams and kind of where they were supposed to be. Um, so, like I said, I think they make – they made some quick hits, like in the second half, that you know had a victory for them. But I think, kind of in the long run, I think Navy can kind of be, um, you can be optimistic about going forward. Like you said, there's not that much. This was like the game where we could see, like, okay, this is kind of the team where we're looking at going into the, to the rest of the season. So I feel like this gives us a better picture um, of kind of what you have in your arsenal. But um, it wasn't like you know, a loss that what I would say is like totally unimpressive in, in terms of who they were playing against. Um, I think it was just a, is it a second half of once that, that play and then Memphis just kind of capitalized off of that until the very end. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, yeah, absolutely. That kickoff return for a touchdown, it was 20, 20 to seven at that point, right? Awesome. And then they got yep. that, um, 
that got that before the before the half was over and just get 2014 and, and maybe had a lot of momentum and yeah I mean just to give them that touchdown so um, a couple other things I like to bring up but they kind of relate you know relate more to the Air Force Navy game this weekend and just some unanswered questions we'll be looking at um, in the week leading up to it um, that we'll talk about but let's get Scott a chance to talk about Air Force San Jose State game and um, yeah I mean what were your thoughts on that Friday night yeah so yeah. I would say that the stats played out pretty much how I thought they would but Kind of from a box course score perspective, um, it, it really didn't. I thought Air Force was going to get out really, really hot um, and play well, and then maybe San Jose State would kind of come back in the second half. But the defense got – the Air Force defense got off to a pretty sluggish start. Opening drive, Josh Love marched him down the field 75 yards um, on 10 plays for a touchdown. He completed six of six passes, and then DeJon Parker ran in one-yard touchdown. So – Watching the Air Force defense get shredded like that by a team that has been called on this podcast the worst team west of Mississippi <laughs> was a little troubling. Uh, but Air Force was able to answer on the next drive, 13-place, 75-yard touchdown drive with the run capped off by Timothy Jackson. And remember that because I want to talk about that in a little bit. Um, and so at this point, I kind of thought the game was going to be really close. I anticipated Air Force getting ahead early, like I said. Um, but I wasn't really complaining. Air Force went up at the half, uh, 21-10. Um, but really for the entire first half, it looked like Josh Love was just shredding our defense. Um, second half was all Air Force. Christian Mallard had two touchdowns. Taven Berto had one. And um, kind of at the end of the game, we let up a little bit. So anybody who tailed Austin's, Austin's pick for Air Force to cover uh, was not happy with that. <laughs> but overall, I thought there was a lot of positives. Um, I guess before I go into these, did you guys were you guys able to watch? Did you have any kind of takeaways initially? Yeah, I mean, I, I watch for the most part. Um, I hate to say the cliche where, you know, the team just, just warmed down. But, yeah, the first 20, 25 minutes or so was was more interesting than I thought it was going to be, right? And then, uh, uh, mm-hmm. obviously, yeah, second half or even late in the first half is when you start realizing Air Force had control of this. And I think the most perplexing thing was just, and we're never going to know the answer, for Troy Calhoun's decision to start Isaiah Sanders, who then obviously got hurt, Um I was wondering if that was more of a play into the Air Force Navy game. Like I feel like Hammond was his starter against Navy no matter what, and was Sanders just there to be a week less of game film? I have no idea. I just with the Troy Calhoun, I always think like what what else could it be? I think it was. I and I liked that a little bit. I liked the idea of I don't know shaking it up. I don't know. I think there's enough film on Donald Hammond sure. um, between these games to where that wouldn't really matter it's like what are you going to do against san jose state that you didn't pull out against boise state um and against colorado but overall um i would say there was a lot of positives one of the biggest positives that i saw was the the running backs just sharing the love uh so taven burdo has had a huge workload this season but he hasn't had any touchdowns up until this game and he finally just got his number called and was able to punch in two Cade Remsburg, who has been scoring a lot of touchdowns, I mean, I say a lot, he's had three this season, um, did not have any against San Jose State, but he ran for 75 yards in his own right. What was really cool was seeing Christian Mallard, who is a part of that rotation in the second and kind of third rotations, um, with other guys like Timothy Jackson and Josh Stoner, he had two touchdowns this game as well. Um, and And then, of course, like I said, Timothy Jackson had a touchdown. And... Even Josh Stoner, who only had one carry, ended up with a 43-yard run on that play. So what's cool about the running back situation is that they all have their own specific running styles, and it's clear that the coaches want to use them 
for specific purposes, but I think that if I'm a defensive coordinator, like especially at Navy, in the heat of the game, no matter how smart you are, I feel like it has to be a lot to keep track of, right? So if, you, if they're sending out a guy to make those kind of calls and adjustments based on what they're going to do, I feel like that's a tough thing, having such depth at the running back position. Um, another thing I was happy with was DJ Hammond's passing game. Um, in terms of preparation, I think it's kind of, for going to Navy especially, it's kind of right in the pocket of what we're going to see. He didn't have an outrageously good throwing game, but 5-for-9 passing. Gerard Sanders is obviously a favorite target, um, and we knew he was going to be going into the season. He had three receptions for 108 yards and a touchdown. Um, but we also spread the ball around a little bit to Cade Waggispack and then Ben Peterson. And so I think for a position that seemed like we were going to maybe have some challenges coming into the season, at least those guys are viable enough options that we're not just getting double teams on Gerard Sanders every play and just letting the other guys stay open because they're not viable targets. Um, So I'm happy to see that. And then on defense, um, I'm obviously super, super happy with how the team is playing. And this is the one time where I kind of want to give just a shout out to, to the coaches and everything overall. Um, they're extremely consistent, and I think that they took care of one of the heaviest passing teams that's going to be left on our schedule. I mean, they threw the ball 35 times, and the usual suspects like DeMonte Meeks, Kyle Johnson, Trey Bug, Grant Teal. Grant Teal got his hands on a on a ball that I thought was going to be picked off, almost was huge. Lakota Wills, Jeremy Fengel, and Mo Fafita, Jordan Jackson, Alec Hamilton. I almost feel bad naming those guys because they're all so consistent and such good playmakers, and I just don't want to leave anybody out, but it, you have to mention them all. Um, and so John Rudzinski is doing an incredible job as the coordinator, Brian Knorr and Ron Vanderlinden with linebackers, Terrence Jamison with the D line and Chip Vaughn with DBs. They just have so much experience from with the Academy NFL and power five coaching slash playing experience, um, that I, as much as we kind of give Troy Calhoun heat on this podcast, I think it just shows how good of a job he does at bringing in coaches. And so, um, I have some negatives I want to cover too, but I, I want to know if you guys think I'm kind of on the right track with those thoughts about the game. I would definitely agree in, in terms of giving, you know, the D-line their props. I think, you know, for San Jose, who was, they were zero for four on their fourth down conversion. So they were always on it when it was kind of, you know, one-on-one blocks or combo blocks. And I think also, um, like you said, I think Hammond had a consistent kind of pass game. I think seeing him, he's always calm um, and kind of picking his receivers and, and throwing right into the pocket. So I think that's good for him, and he has a consistent game. But I think the kind of defensive line was really suppressive against, like, a San Jose State team who was kind of um, – I kind of seemed a little bit nervous um, and wasn't able to make those fourth down conversions um, and was three for six in their red zone itself. And so they were able to kind of make those stops, um, Whether which was weird because I felt like in the beginning, like you had, you said, it was kind of a slow, weird sort of a sluggish game. Um, but it kind of seen really what was happening uh, from kind of my point of view was the defensive line was just doing their job. And, you know, when offense was able to make the plays that they could, and that's why, you know, they came out with a win. So, Yeah. I, go ahead, Justin. I would just say, yeah, I, you mentioned uh, Birdo and uh, Rimsburg. Like, yeah, I mean, it was, it was fun to see both of them get involved. Um, you talked about the actual production in terms of touchdowns, but just – Seeing their names call and making the productivity out of it, uh, both of them at one in one game was was certainly um, kind of make you worry some if you're a, if you're an opponent a future opponent for Air Force because if the two of them are able to generate success on the ground then that's a that's a pretty tough uh, monster to fight off especially if you've got you know Hammond under center so 
Yeah, that was, that was a similar thought. That I mean, one ninety nine between those two um, yardage. So pretty much almost clipped the two the two hundred yards between the two of them. If that's happening, if they're averaging hundred yards each um, on the game, it's going to be tough. And yeah, because of you know just the the threat that Hammond provides in the through the air on the ground, um, all that kind of stuff. And I've said it before, and I'll probably continue to speak his praises. Um, but but Gerard Sanders, I mean, you mentioned it, Scott. But I mean, he's a weapon. I mean, he is a a weapon to have there. Um, obviously, going to be the favorite target, so you know that going in. Um, and he just finds a way whenever the passing game number is called um, to to get open and make a play. And I think he will continue to have uh, a, a similar kind of stat line the rest of the year, where he's getting three, maybe four catches a game for seventy to one hundred yards, um, and hopefully one of those is a touchdown. I mean, that's that's kind of what I see and what he's been doing. He's been consistent this year, I feel like, um, and stepping into that role. So. And then the defense, yeah, I mean, overall, just like you said, I think consistent is a good word. Um, secondary maybe got slashed a little more than I was expecting early in the game, but they've been so consistent that um, and, and risen to the occasion already this year that you think, you know, hey, they're going to be fine. The linebacking core continues to, to make plays, and then that defensive line is is really solid. So um, overall, I would say the defense is, is – is, ready to go and is doing well and, and the offense is establishing and finding um, how to mix in the different running backs and kind of get that rhythm without having a rhythm like it doesn't matter who's going in there because like you said they're different running styles but um, but they're able to kind of mix and mix and match that and as long as Hammond is uh, is healthy then um, you know they're gonna they're gonna continue to give teams fits and they're gonna be definitely in every single game the rest of the yeah. The one thing that I will say I'm a little concerned about, um, if I had to nitpick anything, because you do almost wonder, well, why was this game kind of close? Well, I feel like we should have covered. Um, I, I don't think San Jose State is a great team, but I also do think that they have some solid players. Ethan Aguayo gave us a lot of trouble, as expected. He's a player who just doesn't belong at, at San Jose State. I think he could have played at a Power 5 team, at least a much better um, Mountain West team. But I don't know. Maybe he likes being close to home or something. But... One of the big negatives is our field goal protection um, on that unit, especially on extra points. Jay Conkey is 14 for 18 on extra points, and from my recollection, he's had three blocked, including one in this game, and then one just outright miss. And going into Navy, that's an area where we really can't afford to leave points on the field. Um, you know, Service Academy special teams are some of the, some of the fastest, um, I think, units in the country, and we always see that when Air Force goes to play Navy especially, that those kind of game or those kinds of s scenarios are what can kind of decide the end of the game. Um, and But he has been well, three We've seen it play out. I mean, we've seen yeah. that. Yeah. We've seen an extra point um, in whatever year that was for, for Navy when they lost um, on the extra point. That would have been 2011, 35-34 uh, Air Force win, the last time they actually won. No, 2011. Uh, yeah, 2011. Yeah, 35-34, last time in Air Force actually won in Annapolis, which we'll get to that, um, was that, where it was a 15-yard penalty for unsportsmanlike conduct or taunting, um, and then missed extra points. So, I mean, in, in this series, absolutely. I, and I'm glad you brought that up and kind of pointed that out because it's not something I had thought to say but had noticed in watching the last couple Air Force games that, like, I feel like Conkey was, you know, pretty reliable – um, last year, at least in my, my recollection, and, and having some issues with extra points um, can and probably will come back to bite them at some point if they don't get that fixed. Yeah, and the, and fun fact, the guy who actually had that block 
um, in 2011 is one of our assistant D-line coaches right now. That's Alex Means. Um, but two other areas, <laughs> just real quick, were um, eight penalties for 76 yards. Not good. Clean it up. It's a simple discipline fix. And then the other thing was two turnover fumbles. And one of those was Cade Remsburg, who had a perfect pitch in the red zone. Um, he just didn't get it. And I think I've given him enough love in both writing and on this podcast um, that I'm okay to chastise him a little bit. He's a great runner, but he, he really knows better. you got to catch it and then run, especially coming in the Navy. So those were kind of the negatives, but negative. still a good game. All right. Well, we're going to take a break. It's been about 25 minutes on the show, and uh, we'll come back in just a minute. We're going to get Kayla involved here, um, and we'll talk Army Tulane and uh, get her thoughts headed into to this big game. Um, and then, obviously, everybody else's thoughts. I'm sure Austin and I will have thoughts because Tulane is an AAC team, and we watch them um, pretty regularly. I like Tulane. Um, they're fun. Uh, team to, to kind of root for outside of when they play Navy and, uh, and the Trident Trophy and all that that we're trying to make happen. So we'll be right back. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All right, welcome back to the Against All Enemies podcast. CIC round one week, Air Force, Navy. But first, let's talk Army Tulane. Army coming off of a bye um, this past weekend after... Uh, closer than probably expected, certainly first half against Morgan State the previous week. Um, and maybe just in general, you know, I mean, they, they are 3-1 on the year. Um, I joked that maybe Michigan and Rutgers was going to be a game, and obviously <laughs> I was wrong about that. And then Michigan, or then Rutgers uh, fired Chris Ash, so, um, I, yeah, I was wrong. Uh, but but Army and Rice, and, you know, and Army UTSA, some of the other games, um, just maybe based on the past couple of seasons, just didn't didn't play out as maybe Army fans uh, expected. They all wins, um, several of them double digit wins. The you know the Rice game was was hard fought, but they they kind of proved it down there at the end in the fourth quarter. So uh, after the bye week, uh, hopefully they're prepared to welcome Tulane uh, to West Point for for a home game, noon game this weekend. Should be I would assume a pretty you know solid crowd um, at the stadium ready for. Um, you know, what will be their best home opponent um, this, the rest of this year. Um, unless San Jose State is better than, you know, anticipated. Hey, and, but, and, yeah, real quick on that. Why yeah. do I say San Jose State, worst program, in the Miss, worst team in the Miss, uh, west of the Mississippi? I guess that's based on basically 2017 and 2018. Maybe 2019 San Jose State is a little better, right? But what I've seen in the last two years, they're in that <laughs> title. Sorry, go on. No, what we're talking about this year, this is what I brought up with you. I'm so excited because my <laughs> worst team – and so when I say worst team, yes, there's obviously worst teams. But in uh, FCS or FBS football, the, I think that this weekend will be the game for the worst team west of the Mississippi against New Mexico who just lost to Liberty and almost lost to New Mexico State. Yeah. Oh. Uh, so New Mexico State is bad too, right? Well, They're FBS. Anyway, sorry, we're stealing the show. Anyway, sorry, we're stealing no, the show. No, 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 but I was just saying it's, it's Tulane and then they have San Jose State. UMass and VMI are their remaining home yeah, games after that's that. Pretty so much. Like, if you're getting if you're getting hyped for a game on set, you know, in West Point this, this year, this is the one. So, all right, Kayla, tell us uh, why we shouldn't be concerned. Army's got this in the bag. I don't know. 
I don't. <laughs> I think I have the opposite thoughts of that. I would just like, and it, no, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. There's just so much. There's so much unknown. Is Jabari Laws going to be playing? Kelvin Hopkins Jr. going to be playing? I'm assuming he is. Hoping he is right because um, against you know Morgan State he was on the field kind of warming up. He was in. Um, let's hope, and I'm sure we'll figure that out kind of closer um, with the press conference, and that'll be kind of in the game preview. Uh, will Christian Anderson be on the field? I don't know. I I, I just have I, there's so many unknowns, which is I feel like really concerning. You know, Tulane they're coming off a bye week themselves, um, and so you know they've got some time to in a couple of days to to rest up to before they're seeing this Army team at home as well. Which I so you know I think that's a, a big positive for them coming you know off playing Houston. I will say though, you know, talking about consistency and. In comparison to last year, I feel like, you know, Army playing has been a little bit shaky. But this time last year, you know, they had a loss against Duke, a loss against Oklahoma, and then two victories, one against Liberty and Hawaii. You know, so, I mean, in terms of, like, you know, wins, losses, you could say we're kind of in the same shape on paper, right, against last year, um, or excuse me, you know, versus last year. But I feel like there's just there's just a lot of unknowns um, with this team. Um, I think – Kind of what you're looking at. The last matchup was in twenty, you know, 2017. Um, this team, uh, you know, Tulane now their uh, quarterback Justin McMillan, um, their game against Houston, it was pretty, you know, pretty impressive. I think, you know, he's a second year. I think he's a transfer student as well. Um, you know, he had some trouble against Houston in, in terms of kind of making those passes. He seemed a little bit nervous. Uh, a couple sacks um, that the Houston defensive line kind of took advantage of. Um, you know, they were catching up themselves in the second half. So I think, you know, this is a team that if ideally if Army was fully healthy and, you know, we had all the pieces working together, I would say that this is all an out win. But I honestly, I have no idea. <laughs> like there's just, there's so many, there's so many unknowns to, to what could happen this weekend. Yeah, I mean, make no mistake, this is a good Tulane football yep. team. Um, and and not I, still early in the season, still in that first kind of quarter of the season. But um, this is a good team. And, and they, they spanked an FIU team that has been decent the past couple of years. It doesn't look like they're going to be very good this year. But, you know, they hung with Auburn um, in, a, in a really close game. They ended up losing, you know, um, by 18 points. Auburn scored the last 10 points, though. But, I mean, it was 14-6 at the half. And, I mean, they were in it with a top-10 Auburn team that – looks every bit of a top 10 team um, the past you know few games um, and it's playing well um, you know had to come back against Houston that game was a little bit crazy the, the funny running joke out there on Twitter that you know army army broke Houston officially last right. year and then I think that was I'm, I'm assuming that was awesome that made that tweet um, <laughs> and Tulane uh, Tulane's the bully that kind of pushed them down while they were trying to get back up um, but I mean that did obviously then Derek King um, you know, decides he's going to sit out the rest of the year and not the only player on Houston after that, that two-lane loss. And so this is a good team. I mean, this is a team that um, can compete in the AAC West, can give Memphis a run for their money, um, and, and is a solid program. And, and like you said, it all runs through Justin McMillan, the graduate transfer from LSU, um, who's who's in his last year at Tulane now. He's a grad student. And, uh, and he runs the show from, you know, from – passing and rushing i mean he's kind of consistently their leading rusher um he's gotten a, a good number of rushing touchdowns he's been inconsistent in the passing game but um i guess he's made the most of it when he when he's you know had to 
Um, so yeah, I mean, this is a this is a good program, solid defense. Um, I think that the Houston game probably um, didn't really show that defense as much as some of the other games. But holding Auburn to twenty four points is a big deal, and then. You know, nobody else scored more than 14 on them outside of Houston. This is a solid team. Um, So I'm curious to hear if Scott or Austin have any other thoughts on um, what this game will will look like for Army and heading into Saturday. Uh, Yeah, uh, Willie Fritz and Justin McMillan seem just seem comfortable this year, like working together. There's something about a comfort level, like you said. Like he might not be the most consistent passer, but he kind of gets done when he needs to get done. And just the Tulane offense seems to kind of understand what it is. And it seems to be pretty successful with what they do week in and week out. Obviously, six points against Auburn is 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 on the low end, but holding Auburn to 24 is the least amount of points Auburn has scored all year. So then you go back on the defensive side, and you're like, man, Tulane has made strides on the defensive side of the football over the last three mm-hmm. or four years. And so if you're comfortable on offense and you know your identity there and you're, you're kind of stepping up on defense, um, that's why when you look at Again, we I always we, we tend to reference the ESPN FBI in terms of the percentage, but they're favored to win. Uh, Vegas has them favored by two and a half, and it's it's something that you may not have predicted, you know, two years ago when Army was on the rise, thinking that Tulane might be a formidable opponent. But that's what Willie Fritz has done, and so uh, they're, they're benefiting from. Uh, he, you know, Justin McMillan didn't play at LSU, but obviously if he has the talent to make that roster and. Uh, be recruited there and whatnot, then uh, he's he's going to have the ability to succeed at a place like Tulane. And Willie Fritz is a really good coach, and things are working out. So, yeah, it's it's going to be a challenging game. Yeah, and he's I mean, he's he's consistently improved, right? Started 4-8, and 5-7, 7-6 and seven, seven and last year. I, this is, I think is an 8-win team this year. I mean, he just seems to get better slowly every single season um, at Tulane. And now they're, they're a solid program. Go ahead, Scott. Uh, I'd be lying if I said that I watched a ton of Tulane football. I would kind of liken them for Air Force fans to maybe like a Utah State, one of those teams that if you're kind of out of the conference and you don't play them a lot, you'd be like, oh, I don't, I don't know if they're that good. Um, but at the end of the day, they are a solid team, and like you said, that power at quarterback, I, I see a lot of similarities with Utah State in that regard, um, with Jordan Love for them, and then a, a, just a solid defense, and it, it probably will be a tough contest. What I can can speak to on the Army side is. I just think from my perspective that I've seen a lot of cracks in what Army does. Their brand of football um, that's made them so successful is believing in themselves and trusting the system that Jeff Munkin wants to run, treating every single game like it's a must win and just treating big opponents and small opponents all the same and just playing all your starting guys. And we haven't really seen that this season. I think he's been trying to do a little bit more gamesmanship and it hasn't necessarily been working. Uh, The record doesn't really show that, but I think against... UTSA, as well as Morgan State, there were some problems um, that that were very un-Army-like. And so if they can get back to their basics and and play the way that Jeff Munkin planned and the way that he came in with their game plan over the last two years to get them to where they are, I think they'll be fine. But, um, yeah, it is going to be a tough game, and they're going to have to take it very seriously, and it's going to be one of the tougher opponents on their schedule, I'm sure. All right, I'm going to throw everybody out there. Not, not on the spread, just straight up. Who wins this game? Austin. Not going to make any friends, but I'm friends. favoring Tulane in this one. I'm favoring Tulane in this one. Scott. Uh, I think Army gets back to basics and pulls out a win. I have Tulane winning. What? <laughs> yes, it, it's only just because I have – I know. I hate – I'm sorry, Army people listening. <laughs> 
But I just, I think there's just, there's so much, you know, unknown and, and kind of like how Scott said, I think trying to managing the team, it seems like a little bit differently. Um, maybe, you know, a couple of days from now when I feel like I have confidence on who's playing, who we have as QB, maybe. But I, I just don't know. I'm hoping that this bye week, um, I'm hoping coming off of playing Morgan State uh, has kind of brought back this team kind of unity together and kind of they're ready to get the ball rolling, especially at home. Um, but I, I, my, my faith right. is low. Well, I'm with Scott, actually. I think Kevin Hopkins is fine. He just didn't play in the last game. And he's back under center. And that when he's under center, it's just a different yeah. offense. It's a different team. Jabari Laws can do. Yeah, absolutely. And Jabari Laws is going to be great um, down the road. He's got wheels. I mean, that dude, that kid can run. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, I think that it will be a very, very tough game, a close game um, for sure. Uh, they're not going to steamroll Tulane by any means, but I, I think that at home they'll get up for this game. Um, they'll they'll treat it like it should be treated, and I think that in the end um, they'll find a way to pull this one out, and uh, and it'll be a big win for Army's uh, Army season and, and good momentum heading into kind of the next um, stretch of games for them. So. All right, let's take one more break, and then when we come back. We'll talk about the only game that matters in college football this weekend. <laughs> hey. Navy Air Force. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, welcome back to the Against the Enemies podcast. Uh, we saved the last 20 minutes before we go over Scott's magical hour to talk <laughs> Navy, Air Force, um, first leg of the CIC, uh, it, the same weekend it always is, pretty much first weekend in October here um, in Annapolis. Um, let me just get initial initial thoughts of we've now seen each team three or four times and um, still probably feel somewhat conf- certain of what we got, but but not fully there, and this game will definitely – um, showcase you know each team and where they're headed in the CIC race and probably the rest of their season. Um, so let me go with Austin first. How you feel? Uh, yeah, what, what I think yeah. the the importance of this game obviously being a CIC game, but also being able to bounce back after the loss against Memphis is makes this game obviously the game is equally important for both teams. But I think it means it puts more on the line for Navy than it does for Air Force. I think if Air Force loses this game, you know they can still have a successful season. I know it's probably not what Scott's going to say, but for a Navy fan, after you get three wins last year, you win the first two, but against weaker competition, and you think, you know, maybe, maybe we took the right turn in the right direction. And that second half against Memphis, you're, you're you, you know, you're, you burst your bubble a little bit. And then if you lay an egg here or lose to Air Force at home, now you're like, well, gosh, are we in 2018 all over again? And so it's really easy to kind of go down uh, that, that despair hill I like to call it, kind of crashing down at the bottom uh, if this was to happen. So nervous on that, apprehensive on that. Do like that it's at home. I uh, liked a little bit what I saw uh, uh, in the Memphis game, so excited for, for what we're going to see in terms of the Navy Air Force game always meaning something. Um, but I'm nervous, not going to lie. not going to lie. Yeah. <laughs> Scott, how are you feeling? I feel good. I'm going to be honest. Like, 
Um, and I hate to be lazy in kind of saying this, but I don't think the burden of proof is necessarily on me to say that Air Force is going to win. Um, I think that if you look based on last year, uh, a lot has changed for Navy. I think that this is now Malcolm Perry's team more than it was, but he got the majority of the playing time last season. Um, we obviously were able to come out with the win 35 to seven. I think Air Force is in a really good position. I don't see, and I, and this is a this is not a, an overly confident statement. This is more of a question to you guys. I think every matchup, I think Air Force can win. I think based on posi- position to position. So I think our quarterback is better than your quarterback. I think our DBs are better than your DBs, etc. And I also think that um, our running backs are going to be able are going to be able to shred your guys' linebackers, all that kind of stuff. So. Um, I think that what it's going to come down to if we do lose the game, which is definitely a possibility. I'm not saying 100% win by any means. Um, it's going to come down to just that service academy against service academy dynamic. And then also the fact that Navy does have the home field advantage. I think that's a really powerful thing in the CIC race. Um, but overall, I think I'm really happy with where we're at. All right. Well, that's that's good. We're going to dive into this more. Um that was a pretty bold statement to say that you think every position group Air Force has I mean, to be I mean, I, I just can't. We can get into that. We can get into that. First, I want to say um, we had planned to do a big, you know, to do with this game, and just for one thing or another, it just hasn't happened. I have the new Navy Reserve orders. They're taking me to Rhode Island this weekend. Austin's coaching volleyball. Um, so we're not even doing a big thing. But the, the irony of the whole situation is our Army contributor <laughs> on the podcast is going to be there. Is your first Navy game, right? Yeah, this is. Yeah. I'm very excited. So, Kayla is going to be covering uh, for us at Air Force Navy. So she's going to get uh, her first taste of the, the Air Force Navy rivalry um, from the press box in Annapolis. So, uh, yeah, you're excited, right? This is going to be yeah, good. Yeah, I'm super hyped. And hopefully give the most, the most fair and um, right <laughs> game recap <laughs> from my point of view uh, from up in the press box. I was going to say I was gonna say if you get to the if you get to the press box as early as possible, they're gonna have the Army Tulane game on, so you can just sit there. Oh, and no, and see that was my plan too, and I was like, oh, I got a timeless right. I was like, I'm gonna get to yeah. Annapolis like super early in the morning, well, so I can yeah. I can get my team out the way. They'll have then, CBS cool. Sports Network playing for you. So. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely, it'll be on. Awesome. So. Uh, and and everybody's great. I mean, you'll 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 fit right in um, on that probably in the front row next to WAGs um, and the, in the Navy press box. And uh, it'll be a good time. It's always fun. Um, and you get to kind of, like you said, you get the unbiased, just um, the way we had it planned first with Scott and Austin up there. Somebody was gonna, obviously going to be very upset heading into the post-game um, presser and, and all that kind of stuff. But, um, yeah, we're, we gotta, we'll walk you through all that later in the week, where to go, where to get everything, where the post-game is and all that kind of stuff. Um, but I'm, I'm glad you're going to get to go. It should be good. Um, all right, so some some things to, to think about. We've brought this up before. Um, no away team has won in this rivalry since 2012. Um, and in the last two away victories, 2012 and 2011, both of those were overtime victories. Um, so home field advantage is like a real thing in this. And it seems to be just kind of, aside from the game in um, 2017, the last time in Annapolis when um, – Navy needed that that touchdown drive. AB um, passed Tyler Carmona um, at the end there to pull away a three point victory. Honestly, like the other than that, the last since that streak started in 2012, the last six games or so like have been pretty lopsided to the home team. 
Um, 28-10, 30-21, 33-11, 28-14, 35-7 last year. I mean, it seems like the, the road team um, in what, you know, this should be, I feel like, a pretty even matchup in a lot of ways, even if Scott thinks every position group Air Force is better. Um, for some reason, it ends up being almost a double-digit win every single year for the home team. Um, so it's definitely something to, to consider. I don't think um, that's just a fluke that it's been like that back and forth um, the past six years or however long. So, um, yeah, definitely something to, to keep in mind. Um, one thing I you know just Im- immediately think of is, to Scott's point, I'm not going to get into every position group at this point because I'm trying to stall to give Austin time to, to come up with his plan for which position groups maybe <laughs> has the edge here. But um, the health of Malcolm Perry, right, is a huge concern um, If I, for me. I, I am a Navy fan. I'll say for, for me if I'm a Navy fan, but I am a Navy fan. Um, that's a huge concern, and it's something that, you know, probably more than anybody, Gavin Jernigan on our site um, has brought up in the offseason, and I kind of just kind of brushed it off. Like, yeah, I mean, Malcolm's got had a few – injuries during his career but yeah i mean it's tough to to stay healthy in this system the entire season um and this is not a knock on perry olsen or anybody or you know but the guy's a freshman he's a plebe um and just still doesn't have the game experience i don't want him in this game um just being honest like and and if malcolm is, can't go isn't fully healthy i mean that's that's a big deal maybe more than more so than any other um factor or element in this game and, and to to scott's point um I don't, I'm not as concerned about that if I'm an Air Force fan, right? Like, if DJ Hammond gets hurt, Isaiah Sanders is more than capable of running the offense um, and and filling right in. And I just don't feel the same way so far uh, for Navy. Would you agree with that, Austin? Yeah, yeah, I would. And I was getting my, my wheels spinning there for you. And one, I think Scott kind of already conceded field goals and, and extra points were probably uh, not Air Force's strength. So, um I'll take I'll take that one right off the bat. You're going to concede that, Scott, again. If it came down to a field goal, yeah. if it came down yeah, to yeah. a field goal, uh, you know, Navy's chances might be uh, higher than uh, than Air Forces, right? Yeah, um, maybe on the block. I, I like I said, Jake Hockey is three for three um, on some some field goals. I think he had a 41 yarder and like a 39 yarder. Um, but yeah, what unit wise, yeah, that does that makes me nervous. But absolutely, yeah, yeah. I think I mean I think Bijan's proof. I mean, you got a I once game. You got a leg. He's it's still a freshman, though, I mean, right? So it's a big yeah. game, but yeah, it's still um, a yeah. so But no, but I, if you look at the matchups, I, I've been very impressed uh, with Navy's front seven on defense in general this year. Uh, they've definitely exceeded my expectations. I mean, I I, I think they've got obviously some playmakers. You think of Isaiah Cromarty and Diego Fago. Like you've got guys that can disrupt the uh, plays and. They've actually been implementing a defense this year that allows them to do it. So it's been fun to see. We've already talked about that a lot. Um, but I think they'll have some ability to cause disruption. When you talk about the DBs, yeah, you you can probably give the edge to maybe Air Force's receivers and, and Hammond be able to throw the ball. Um, but I like Navy's chances of maybe, maybe being able to get after the quarterback more than I would have said a month or so ago. Uh, on the other side of the ball, I mean, Navy's had a lot of success with the slots. They've been able to get outside and, and kind of uh, uh, make some big plays happen. So I'm not saying that that's going to 100% happen again or anything, but um, I, I see that matchup being kind of even when I think of Air Force linebackers or you know Air Force kind of front seven and Navy slots being able to get to the outside and, and get five or six yards on a carry. Um, so those are some of the ones I see that might be more even. But I'll give you the edge in terms of the Air Force receiving core versus the Navy DBs and probably on the other side as well, the Air Force DBs and the Navy wide receiver. But if we're, if we're talking about who's going to be like the better passing team in the passing game, then I, I would still give the edge to Air Force anyway. 
Um, but outside of that, which it's easy to say is, is hey, not going to come into play, but it very well could, right? Because usually it's one or two big passing plays that could make the difference in a game like this. But I'm, I'm comfortable with what Navy has shown running the ball with Malcolm Perry under center that it's going to be um, a much better game than we saw last year in Colorado Springs. I think kind of the punchline to what I was gonna, what I was thinking about this is, despite these matchups, my question is, does it even matter? And that's that's kind of what I was saying. Even though I think Air Force um, is a better team in a lot of ways, I don't think that thirty-five-seven score. I think Navy was a much better team than Air Force was last year, um, and so I, I that does that is kind of cause for concern. So I think that we can get to the end of the weekend, and I can still say I could see Air Force potentially losing this game, and still say, well, I think we're a better team, but they just happen to to play that Navy brand of football. And like you were talking about with the slots. Um, I love the way Navy runs kind of screen passes and some of those sweeps where they really let their guys run around the edge against Air Force. That always seems to, to really trip us up. And then if Malcolm Perry can, can run and, and fight for those three, four yards every play um, that he does keep the ball, I think that's a dangerous thing as well. And I, I think you, you kind of mentioned, to, mentioned Malcolm Perry's health. I think that's a big story for both these teams going into the game. When I was watching both Thursday and Friday night, it seemed like there was a Navy or an Air Force player that was banged up every few snaps, uh, heading to the sidelines. And so I'm just I'm curious to see how the rest of the week's going to play out in terms of health and who's going to be 100, percent who's fighting through injuries and uh, who's getting held back by that. And we might not know the answers until we're playing the game on Saturday. And I I think also I won't regurgitate, but because I think you hit right on the head pretty much with your position group kind of breakdown. I, I mean I would give the overall slot back depth I would give to Navy. Um, if Nelson Smith is healthy, that's a really close one with Taven Berto. Um, Taven Berto's d- done well this year, but he doesn't quite have the burst of Smith if Smith hits the hole and is able to to get a little um, crease there. So I'd probably give that edge. Um, I think wide receivers, you got to get the edge to Air Force in Sanders, but that's just, I don't know. Michael Cooper just hasn't been as involved, but he is, he's definitely got the talent and is dangerous. Um, so, and then on defense, I mean, I would pretty much say exactly what you said. So it, it, it's definitely, um, you know, going to be interesting. Uh, injury is definitely going to play a factor in this, um, like you guys said. One thing that, that I'm, as a Navy fan, just a little curious about is like, is, our first time seeing Brian Newberry go up against an option team. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that, he, you know, FCS team, he, he definitely faced one, faced the option at Kennesaw State. Um, just looking at last year of the teams that I know, I'm not saying I'm, I don't know that much, you know, about that many FCS teams, but they beat Wofford in the FCS playoffs. I um, mean, they held Wofford in 10 points. Wofford's traditionally run the triple option. So I'm sure he has plenty of experience um, going against it. Uh, but just kind of our first look at, at that um, is just something that I'll be curious to see um, how he handles that. And with so many new defensive coaches, um, whereas you would just kind of think over the last decade plus with it being Kenny versus Troy um, from the head coaching position and not too much as far as turnover year to year between the coaching staffs. This was just kind of a regular, like you kind of knew what you were going to get, which is probably why I'm actually – surprised that it seems to be a double-digit victory for the home team every year because you kind of always knew what you were going to get. Um, and so, you know, I, I don't know. I don't necessarily want to see all the crazy, um, you know, coverage uh, designs and, and schemes um, that we were seeing in that first half against Memphis because I think that when you get too creative in that regard against an option team um, and playing against a team like Air Force, that's when you get when you get beat. Um, so, I don't know. What do you think about that, Austin? Are you, are you, I'm not concerned. No, I, well, I just, I, 
I think Newberry was was hired for a reason, and I think part of that reason was was his success against option football, and I think more so of triple option with Army. Um, you know, Air Force runs a different style of option football, but I think when Coach Ken was was making the hire, he wanted someone that you know could could disrupt uh, and get into the backfield for AAC purposes, but also someone who's probably had proven success. Uh, defending against the triple option with Army in mind. But, you know, there's there's some things in play there with obviously an Air Force game too. Yeah, no, I mean, absolutely. Um, so, all right, well, how do we feel then uh, as far as uh, uh, we're going to wager anything on this? What are we doing? Yeah. We, we, we need to. We're, we're need throwing to down a wager? On this. We're a little friendly wager. We're a little friendly wager. Scott, what, what are you thinking? What would you What would you like us to do? Take a picture of you like on, on the podcast. I feel like I'm on the spot now. <laughs> we, have, we have some time. Yeah, well, we can think about it for a second. We can think about it for a second. I don't know. We got to do something, though. We need, we need to come up with something. Um, whether it's something we, we do, recite, sing, we'll, on get, the some, podcast, we'll get some Twitter suggestions. Um, I'll post it up later. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, that sounds good. Uh, all right. So we already know. I mean, I'm not even going to. Austin, you're going with Navy, right? I'm yeah, the only thing positive I was going to say about Air Force for this podcast was I, I wanted to throw some love for Trey Bug out there because he's trying to get Zendaya to come to be his gate or his date to a ring dance. So I want that to happen for him, but that's the only positive I want for him to happen this week. Um, so Kayla, it's really yeah, I guess you're it's the, me. You're the unbiased third party. We already know how the other three people are voting. So just what's your what's your take on this game? You've probably watched some of both teams at this point. Um, whether you've watched the whole game, I'm not, not sure for each team, but I know you've 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 tuned in. So, um, what do you what do you think? Um, I'm really not you know picks, but I'm I'm really liking this Air Force team. Um, I, you know, pending like we said, you know, injuries and kind of all these unknowns, really for three teams. Um, but I, I'm really liking you know DJ Hammond and both having uh, Isaiah Sanders as kind of options. I think. Watching the game um, last week against San Jose State um, and this just defensive line that was just really really awesome on preventing this team from making fourth down conversions, which we know, um, you know, for service academy teams is so important. Um, so that's that's what I'm interested in to see. But like you said, this is the first the first leg of of you know the CIC trophy. So regardless, it's going to be um, a, a great game to watch. Um, but I'm, I'm leaning towards towards favoring Air Force. But we'll we'll see what happens. Man, so we're, we're two. I hope that's not a kiss of. I hope that's not a kiss of death because <laughs> Kayla did pick. I love you, Kayla. I know. I know. Boise State. I know. I know. I know. Big Navy over Memphis and Air Force. Or, man, my record is not. I love it. The best. I feel a lot better now <laughs> than I did thirty minutes ago, Justin. <laughs> Well, what I so just to give it a, I guess somewhat of an objective look. Um, it was really bizarre. The lines aren't really out on this game yet, but uh, Vegas Insider had their opening line at minus three, and then it's gone to three and a half over the e- course of the evening for Air Force. And then Odd Shark, which don't take any stock in this, <laughs> but the predicted score was forty-one Air Force Navy twenty-one. Don't even know what that means. It's not a line. It's not an over under. I have no idea what they meant oh. by that. But those are the the two things that I've gotten. So um, I guess take that for what it is. I don't see it being that big of a gap. I don't either. I but don't either. that's what. They yeah, said. I also don't. I mean, it's already. It looks like it's the spread has gone from minus three to minus three and a half on 
Vegas Insider, but the over-under has gone from 52 to 46. And I was going to say, like, I honestly think that this game ends ends up being closer to, like, the Air Force-Army mm-hmm. game last year. Um, that's just my personal opinion, where uh, I think both teams' defenses are better than than um, than perhaps – Not, I mean, we've obviously – given both teams' defenses props. But I think both teams' defenses um, will, will prove to be uh, more than up to the challenge to face a very similar opponent, both in talent level and style. Um, and I was thinking more of like a 20-14, to 20-17 type of game. So I'm not saying – I'm probably wrong now. And it'll be like you know a huge scoring game. But 52 for the open, and that's already down to 46. So obviously um, people are, st- I guess, somewhat in agreement with me that the, that the over-under – uh, I think it'll actually be a pretty low-scoring game. That's just my opinion. I can see that. So, all right. Now, do we have any final thoughts on Air Force Navy? It's going to be big. Obviously, I mean, it's only a three-team race, right? So, you win this game, um, it's looking pretty good, right? So, you 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 gotta gotta secure this first this, one. This might um, be the uh, the best AAE football weekend. Um, all year in terms of obviously you get a CIC leg game and you get an Army Tulane game which is going to be like these these are two two of the best games matchups yeah I mean uh, I don't think it'll get much better than this no I agree and uh, I'll be in Rhode Island doing drill the whole whole day (laughs) yeah yeah. (laughs) so just for comparison's sake when Navy plays or sorry when Army plays Air Force um, November 2nd I believe it is Navy plays UConn on November 1st the Friday before so Oh, I have drill that weekend. Oh, Damn it, man! <laughs> you reserve us. So not 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 quite the same uh, nope. second game yeah. there. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> All right. Well, we got thirty seconds to get done. Or Scott will be will be over our hour. <laughs> so. All right. Um, this is a good discussion, uh, and look forward to this weekend. I think Austin's right. It's going to be a lot of a lot of fun. A good good weekend. Um, Army Tulane to kick it off right into to Navy Air Force. So it's not. I mean, it's two different time. Yeah, Army Tulane two, better so end on time. Kinda... Better not be extending that one. <laughs> it should. I it should. Right? A... I mean, no. you should be able to get get it in. Um, so yeah, it's it's exciting. It's going to be a good weekend, um, and can't wait to uh, to discuss it at some point uh, next weekend with you guys. So sounds good. Get the FCL Saturday. Saturday. Air Force. Go Air Force. Get Air Force. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations to the Navy Midshipmen. I can't fight no more. I can't fight no more. Army, for the second year, has won it. To the winners of the Commander-in-Chief's Trophy, the great Air Force Falcon.